0: Welcome to the Pig and Whistle Tales from Azeroth. As always, here at the Pig and Whistle Wind in Stormwind, I go for a variety of subjects with regards to World of Warcraft. Take a bottle or a pint, sit back and enjoy. Today's subject is going to be all about classic. We're taking a step back from retail at the moment, and we're going to be looking at classic for the most part in this uh, episode. It can possibly be about season four as well, but... That's either going to be a completely different episode uh, if this one goes on for what I feel is too long and I won't have time to give season four the proper introduction and stuff like that. So obviously with this being a classic episode, there will be a lot of stuff and a lot of talk to go over that. But there will be the small bit of retail, which is the weekly news. So the world bosses for this week are Nergash, Muckformed, Morgeth and Antros. Morgeth is in the Moor, Antros is in Zerith Mortis, and Nurgash is in Revendreth. And with season four, Nurgash has been he is deemed as a fated boss uh this week. So I'm honestly not too sure what this means, but from my belief is that the, he will drop higher item level uh pieces of gear, uh possibly conduits and stuff like that, so definitely worth going to get him downed this week just to see what all of that is about and the weekly you know what i didn't note this down but i should do the weekly uh fated raid because uh all of the raids are now fated um so what fated is is basically one raid from the expansion will be given this fated roll and this will be the raid that gives you better gear better loot uh, all up to the higher item levels and stuff like that so I should be doing that in the next uh, or should be noting that that down in the weekly stuff but the raid for this week is uh, Castle Nathria that is the fated raid for this week So make sure if you want to get some uh, very good loot head on in there get your favourite trinket from uh, the very first raid stuff like that The uh, brawl for this week is Warsong Scramble. This is uh, three or three flags in the flag room of uh, the opposition faction. And basically, it's just cap 10 flags as fast as you can. First to 10 flags wins. Very simple, right? The uh, event for this week is a battleground bonus event. So you earn more honor through doing battlegrounds. 50%, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Nice way to just increase your. Uh, honor for this week and to get any sort of characters that you're wanting to gear up uh, a very quick gearing system mainly due to the fact that it is the start of season four so you can catch up relatively easily and quickly if you're doing uh if you're gaining your items through honor this week Uh, the mythic affixes for this week are inspiring quaking tyrannical and shrouded Uh, Inspiring, obviously you have one mob in there that makes all of the other mobs immune to CC, interrupt, stuff like that. So either CC that uh, Inspiring mob or kill it very fast. Quaking, just stop casting when this is about to go off and don't stand near people, very simple mechanic. Tyrannical, the bosses and the mobs that they spawn do have increased damage and health, so just be a bit more careful on bosses this week. And Shrouded is the Season 4 uh, mythic affix for this week, and this is very simple. There are Nathrazim who are disguised all throughout the dungeon. Uh, you will not know until you attack uh, the mob, it will come out as a Nathrazim instead of, say, a ghoul from Maldraxxus. And uh, after you kill this Nathrazim, you gain a uh, secondary bonus stat. And I'm pretty sure this can go up to like 30% or something. But you pick your bonus stat at the very beginning of the dungeon, I do believe. And you will gain that after you kill uh, the Nathrezim NPCs. Pretty sure you go up like 2% per kill. So there must be quite a lot throughout the dungeon as you go through. And uh, the spell that we're going to be looking at this week is one that is very uh, fun. It's fun more than anything. It is Treants. These are the three tree boys that you summon as a druid. So this was added in patch 2.0 in 2007. The first time that it got a change was uh, a few months later. These pets will now come into the game with full health, uh, including that gained from a percentage of their master stamina. Uh, The Treants summoned... Uh, By this spell, will now correctly attack your target even if it is a neutral or non aggressive target. Quite funny, imagine just summoning them and they just stand there. Uh, Yeah, not the best spell. Uh, A month later, this spell will no longer cause play or no longer causes players it is cast on them to enter combat with nearby creatures. All of the treants summoned will now attack a neutral creature they are summoned on top of which makes sense because you want them to sort of tank it. Uh, A few months after that, patch 2.2, using this spell in a neutral town will no longer cause uh, its victim to be attacked by town guards. Uh, It also will no longer cause nearby party members to lose stealth. The treants were real uh, miscreants uh, at the beginning of uh, their lifespan in WoW. Uh, And then in patch 2.3, a couple months after that, Uh, This ability will no longer automatically break stealth on victims in its casting area. Nearby stealthed uh, characters uh, may still be attacked if they are too close to the summoned treants. Kind of makes sense because it's sort of aggroing a mob. Uh, If you're in stealth and you go up to a mob, you're not permanently invisible. They can still see you. They can still get you out of stealth, but it's very unlikely. So this kind of makes sense. Then we move into Wrath of the Lich King. Uh, Its cooldown is reduced to 2 minutes, down from 3 minutes, which is really good. And the health on the Treants has been increased. Uh, That was in patch 3.3 of Wrath of the Lich King. So you get a nice 1 minute less uh, cooldown on them, and they become super tanky. I think they got like 10 times the amount of health from uh, Burning Crusade to Wrath of the Lich King. Sorry if you heard a click, that is me playing with the pen, and I just need to put it away. I needed it uh, to fiddle with the pen. <laughs> um, in Cataclysm, they got a hot fix. This is uh, about a year and a half. No, just over a year uh, later. Uh, Force of Nature and Wild Mushroom can now be cast correctly, even if the target is on a different height uh, of terrain from the Druid. This is huge because in Burning Crusade, I've been noticing a lot of Treants uh, or well, when I try to summon my trance, it will say no path available, no path available. And it is down like a very slight hill and it is kind of obnoxious and annoying. So it's it's not the best. So at least I got this fixed in Cataclysm. The next change that they had was three years after Wrath of the Lich King, which is in missa Pandaria, patch 5.0 in 2012. It is now available to all specializations as a talent. Its cooldown is reduced from 3 to 1 minute, can now be used in all shapeshift forms and the abilities of the Treants varies by specialisation. This is very cool and I do like the idea that they went uh, with here. A few months later in patch 5.2 the Treants summoned by Force of Nature now deal more damage and healing and the Force of Nature tooltip will report the capabilities of the summon pets And again, a couple months after this, no longer on global cooldown and summons a single Treant. The Treant no longer has a control bar, uh, immediately uses or yeah, no longer has a control bar, immediately uses its special abilities on the Druid's current target. Uh, You accumulate one charge every 20 seconds up to a maximum of three charges. Uh, the restoration version of the Treants now casts Swiftmend on the Druid's target when summoned. This version of Swiftmend does not require uh, or consume a heal over time effect on that target. Ultimately, I like what they were doing in Mr. Pandaria with these Treants. It sounds really cool. It sounds very um, druidic, honestly. It sounds very cool. You're literally summoning, summoning a tree to help you either deal damage, to heal up targets, or whatever sounds very cool and very good Um, the next change came the same day it was a hot fix force and ancient have summons treants that have 40% of the druid's health up from 10% uh, balanced druid uh, treants cast time for wrath has been increased to 2.5 seconds up from 2 and the damage dealt has been increased by 25% very simple another hot fix came the next day Balance Treant should be more uh, responsive while chain casting. The global cooldown of their version of Wrath has been reduced by 0.5, down from 1.5, and the Restoration Treant should no longer cause their target to taunt enemies. That's... <laughs> Wait, hold up. Restoration Treant should no longer cause their target to taunt enemies. Oh, that's quite funny. Because if you... um. So what I'm gathering by this is if you put this on a healing or if you put this on a DPS, you use your treant to heal a DPS, it will, that treant will taunt all that DPS. So the boss will turn around, smack the DPS in the face, kill him probably with one shot and then turn back to the tank. So the treants were more detrimental than they were uh, useful for restoration for a day. That's actually quite funny. Um. And then a month later, another hotfix came through. Force and hatred should no longer incorrectly cause targets to face the Treants when summoned. This is just weird. Treants were weird, man. They're hilarious. Finally, in patch 5.4, this was a few months after all of these hotfixes, the Feral uh, version of the Treant, summoned by a Feral Druid, uh, now deals less melee damage but will cast rake and entangling roots on their enemies instead of bash which makes sense because that can put them on dear. and the guardian druid variation now gain vengeance when their uh, treants take damage so i'm guessing this is just a stacking debuff uh let me see quick let's take a quick break It doesn't quite work, and you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative a construction off. The no. way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Okay, well, it's not really that useful. So, ultimately, when I clicked through to it, it takes me through to the Vengeance Demon Hunter. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll never know, I guess. It must have been removed and just replaced with the Vengeance Demon Hunter. Um, which, I mean, is fine. I guess we'll just never know. We'll just never know. So, moving... Oh, no, wait. They got a hotfix a few days later. So, Force of tr- uh, Nature Treant summoned by Restoration Dude's should no longer die immediately after casting swift mend and efflorescence. <laughs> These restoration treants have it out for everyone in the party, and when they can't um, kill or taunt uh, DPS in the party, they'll just off themselves Like pretty much immediately after they've done what they need to do. It's like, yeah, all right, I'm head out. Poor treants, man, for restorations. They really tried they really tried to break the game code with their uh, yeah with how they were acting up in mists the next change came a year later in patch 6.0 in warlords of draenor force of nature's uh, Treant healing now benefits from mastery so the more mastery you had is the more healing you would do the Treants just benefited from this nice and simple and then uh, a few months later in 6.1 Trients have been buffed with a 35% increase to their health and spell power and an 80% increase to their armor and attack power. That's kind of insane. Um, And then finally in 7.0 in Legion, it was redesigned. It is now only for balance druids and they are used primarily at the moment uh, for Mythic Plus uh, dungeoning. Uh, to take the aggro off of tanks when they need to reset necrotic stacks or something like that. So that's the history of Treants. They really did have a rebellious patch uh, in Mr. Pandaria, it seems. They were killing themselves. They were trying to get DPS killed by taunting mobs to them. They were trying everything, man. They were trying absolutely everything. But ultimately, I like the idea of the Mr. Pandaria treants. Um, Like having each. Sp- a separate tree and do something different for their specialization so the restoration treants healed the uh, balanced druid one cast a wrath the feral ones casted rake and stuff and then the guardian ones ultimately taunted and acted sort of like a, a monk's um i forget the name of it Nzdormu. i think it's Nzdormu. You know, the giant ox, the black ox, it's called in-game, I'm pretty sure. You know, that sort of thing. So, you know, I like the idea that they had, and I wish that they would try it again because that is very cool. That is very cool class diversity, and I think it's something that is very unique to Druids. And, you know, it's been a staple point since Burning Crusade that you've had these treants, but they're very niche now in terms of how you use them, which is a bit of a shame. But let's get into the meat and bones of the podcast this week. Classic servers are what I mainly want to talk about. So, there was a recent announcement saying that they were going to basically drop some servers, they were going to close them forever. Uh, or maybe not forever, but for the time being, because, well, the population on these servers just is nowhere close to being sustainable. So they do have a long list, but a lot of them are very much it's it's not good. So I'm gonna give you some examples here. Zandalar tribe is uh, one that is going to be closed. Uh so is uh oh, where is it? I forgot the name of it already. No, not Razorfen. Oh my god, I've forgotten the name of it already. Razor Gore. That's it. Razor Gore, Razor Gore, Razor Gore. Um, if you look at the numbers that they have, it's really not good. So Xandalar Tribe has a total of 16 players, according to the ironforge.pro website. 16 players in an entire server, 15 a horde, and there's this one little guy on alliance. Bless him, he's going to have a tough time finding a uh, dungeon group. I'm going to tell him that much. Razor Gore, on the other hand, has zero people zero people in total on the server no point in having it so these are all happening on the 10th of august these servers are shutting down for good so if you do happen to have characters on there that you want to save you can get a free transfer off of that server before the 10th otherwise they will just throw you on a random server i'm pretty sure and you just got to take your chances with that but what I'm more concerned with is the imbalance of every single server. So, while Classic has had its ups and downs, um, ultimately, the there is an end point for World of Warcraft Classic. In my mind, that end point is Wrath of the Lich King. After they finish Wrath of the Lich King Classic, I feel like they will stop there. They will not go into Cataclysm. They might go into Missa Pandaria. That is a very big possibility. They can sort of pick and choose what uh, expansions they go into. And if there's a want and a need to go into Cataclysm, they might do it, they might not. But I think Wrath of the Lich King is the peak of World of Warcraft, in my opinion. It's uh, That's backed up by the data in terms of subscri- subscription numbers. In Wrath of the Lich King, they hit their peak Uh, In subscription numbers. And that has never been beaten since. Um, Not even close. I should say. (laughs) That's yeah. Never going to be beaten. Um, The PVP was very good. In terms of it was balanced. But you still had the upper hand. Against certain classes. You had your class. uh, Identity still with you. So that was very good. Raiding was exceptional. You had aldermen. No, not Alderman, that's a dungeon. Old sorry, Ice Crown Citadel, uh Next Ramus, you had so many good raids. Uh but ultimately Classic has an endpoint. And like I said, that for me is Wrath of the Lich King. Where they go for Wrath of the Lich King from there, I do not know. They either carry on just rolling out expansions. Uh, So you go into Cataclysm, Mr Pandaria, etc. Warlords of Draenor. I mean, if they get to Warlords of Draenor, there is a lot of content that they could do and they could change. Um, I mean, we literally missed out like an entire sort of patch or two in Warlords of Draenor. It was insane. So they could, in theory, add so much into that game uh, as like a sort of sandbox expansion almost. But for me, I think... After Wrath of the Lich King, they will add more content to it. That is my personal opinion, and I think that is how you will keep servers alive uh, going forward in World of Warcraft Classic. Because if you don't do anything to World of Warcraft Classic, uh, you end on Wrath of the Lich King, and that is your end point. You tell the community there's nothing new coming out, we're not going to do any more expansions, that's it. That's the game. Once you've completed the entire game, you're you're done. the The thing about retail is it's constantly going to be changing and updating. And new uh, things will be happening, new raids, new PvP, new talent systems. Absolutely everything changes in retail, and there is no set end date for retail. Whereas in classic, you kind of do have that end date with Wrath of the Lich King. A lot of people would not want to go into uh, WoW. Classic cataclysm and stuff like that. So I think after Wrath of the Lich King, they will build it into a sandbox mode. I think they will build it into a season of mastery sort of mode where uh Season of Mastery was sort of their trial run, as it were. They will do a lot of things with Wrath of the Lich King. They will add new raids, maybe new spells, they might change the talent trees up a tiny bit in terms of adding new stuff. Um maybe like adding the professions of archaeology from Cataclysm into Wrath of the Lich King, that you can do that. You know, there's many different things, many different things that they could do, uh, experiment with, etc. But this uh, is what will keep the servers alive. But Ultimately, the servers are dying due to imbalance. So I'm speaking from a PvP server um, point of view. I'm looking at the PvP servers here. You have Gehennes and Firemore. Gehennes has a population of 24,581 people. That's great. 24,517 of these people are horde. That's 99.7% a horde on a PvP server, by the way. Firemore. 13,310 people. 13,072 people are alliance. All alliance. And 98%, 98.2% are alliance. A PvP server. The Noxus is the most balanced PvP server in EU. Mm, actually, no. Sulfuron is. I'm. I'm just. I'm trying to gauge the numbers. They've changed like since I last looked, which was like earlier today. Okay, so these are the two most balanced PVP servers in EU: Venoxis and Sulfuron. Venoxis has fourteen thousand players. Sixty-six point six percent of that is Horde. or 33.4, sorry, is Alliance. That is insane. (laughs) It's absolutely insane. Horde have ultimately double the amount of Alliance on that server. And this is a PvP server, so no matter where you go, you can always think that you're outnumbered. If there's 10 of you in Stranglethorn, there's 20 Horde. If there's 10 of you in... Hellfire, there's 20 Horde there as well. You will always be outnumbered. Everlook. No, Everlook is a PvE server. Sulphuron is the other one. This one is the best PvP server in EU. In terms of balance, this is an EU-French server. It has 5,100 people. And 61% of that is Horde. 39% is Alliance. 2,000 Alliance. Three thousand horde. I'm going I'm sort of rounding up and down for the numbers there, but that's to give you a perspective. It's still imbalanced. I mean, this is this isn't bad. Ultimately, selfron is not bad at all. But if you don't speak French, you can't really go onto the server because you don't get the full experience of it. Um, if you only speak English, or say you speak German instead, you speak Spanish. You know. You can't necessarily get the most out of these servers if you don't speak the language and half the people on there do speak in French and stuff like that. So ultimately it's very tough to communicate and find groups and stuff. So PvP servers are absolute shambles in Classic. I mean, look at Earthshaker as well. Earthshaker is like Kehenna's and Firemore. 99.5% of Earthshaker is Alliance there is a total of 27ish players on horde side it's it's crazy it's absolutely crazy now these numbers aren't obviously 27 people but sort of the amount of characters that are in there it sort of equates to 27 people because it might, many people not might not have been online um the data resets sort of every week so if people haven't been online within that week then obviously it will say oh but this isn't like you know 10 people haven't been online since the 26th of July so they're not sort of counted in these results so it's a bit not perfectly accurate but it is still gauging how good a server is in terms of its popularity and its uh, balance so the reason that these are very bad is because once a on a pvp server once a faction has the upper hand the other faction don't even want to try so i'm going to take the for example this is the realm that i currently am on i'm moving off of it because there has been a massive influx of horde and uh, there has been a massive drop of alliance players this is where my like we're discussing as a guild where we're going next and stuff like that. So Golomag, it was, when we were looking at it, it was about 35% to 65% horde, horde based. Okay. This was, I think, three months ago, around sort of March, April time, around that sort of time. It is now 93% horde, 7% alliance how massive is that change It's absolutely ludicrous that that change is like what it is so ultimately free transfers opened yesterday to get off of these realms and everyone just was like yep see ya, gone without a, without hesitation everyone's just gone because no one wants to play on a server that is so biased it's unreal look at Gehenna. look at firemore You want to play on a PvP server that's very balanced, but ultimately one side will get the upper hand and it will force the others out of that server. So the PvE servers are what we are going to jump towards, purely on the basis that numbers are there, but there are still some horde players in this server. Now these horde players obviously might not opt into PvP, which is completely fine. It is a PvE server, but... If you're going from a PvP server to a PvE server, you are ultimately wanting to just interact with a lot of people and you still want, in, in my case, I still like world PvP but the only time I'm getting world PvP at the moment is when I'm getting killed by a level 70 rogue in Stranglethorn, ganked, literally. Nothing. When you turn up with your level 70, they're nowhere to be seen. They won't take that fight at all. Because, like I said in a episode I think about three weeks ago, they're shit. <laughs> People who do that, they're just shit at PvP, honestly. They know that they can't take on their own levels, so they kill level 30s instead. You know, I've said all that before. But we are looking for a PvE server purely on the basis that it won't die. PvE servers tend not to die because no faction is being forced off of the server due to like PvP. Uh, You can easily opt in and out of PvP and stuff like that. So not many people are getting ganked by level 70s and stuff like that. So they will stay on that server still and they will still play the game. You have a higher chance of PvPing, world PvPing someone... In a PvE server that is populated with both Horde and Alliance, then you are to go onto a PvP server that is 99.5% Alliance and you have about 20 Horde in the entire like world of Azeroth Outlands to find. They won't show themselves. Why would they? They're so outnumbered. It's ridiculous. It's not fun for them, in my opinion. I've tried being that sort of number. It's It's not fun at all. So, the way to solve this ultimately, in my opinion, is merge. Merge realms. This might piss people off. It might piss people off. But honestly, Classic will get to a point where every single server will feel dead. And that's the sad truth of it. Because Classic's always fun to go back to. I like retail. I like Classic. Classic. They're two completely different games. Classic, I can just log on, level, and chill. Retail, I want to do arenas on. I want to go like really hard and get Gladiator on like my Boomkin or something on retail. But the stability of the servers is in shambles. And in my opinion, merging PvP, PvP servers especially, you might not need to merge PvE servers purely on the basis that you know they're very well balanced. I mean, I'm looking at Razorfen EU German. It's a PVE server. 52% Alliance, 48% Horde. That is probably the most balanced server in EU. Uh, let me just quickly check. Yeah, that is the most balanced server in EU. Yeah, and that's what it should look like. That's the thing. So you put Earthshaker, who's 99% Alliance, with 5,300 like Alliance or whatever on there, you can put them together with, say, I don't know, Golemag, which is 92% Horde. Now, ultimately, this would lead to a 40% Alliance and a sort of 60% Horde split if you put these two sh- um, servers together. But I think that's more healthy than, say, having two servers... Where only one faction is on that server. Because you're missing out on a lot of the game. When half of the player base isn't playing it. Or half of the world isn't being used essentially. No one in Ironforge. No one in Stormwind. No one in Darnassus. No one levelling in Darkshore. No one levelling in Lakeshire. No one levelling in like Elwyn Forest. Like you miss. The game is there for. Both factions, but you have one faction that's that's not even playing. It's like taking away half of the game, essentially. That I just don't understand. These servers need to be looked at and they need something. It's a start closing some servers, it is a start, and that is very good. But some of the PvP servers and some of these servers need a merge purely on the basis that numbers are dwindling for a certain faction. And that certain faction will not go, okay, golomag has got no alliance, let's go populate Golomag with alliance players. You would need to find 6- 7,600 people playing the game constantly to even have a chance to make this a 50-50 server. That's how insane this is right now. Like, it, it just won't work. There needs to be something big that happens with classic servers. And in my opinion, that is merging servers together eventually. Because like I said, the player base will slowly dwindle. It's what I've seen uh, on Zandalar Tribe after I left that. It's what I'm seeing on Golemag right now. Even as I'm like recording this, I I'm going through it. Right now in terms of a dwindling population, you see less and less in the looking for group chat. Like you just see nothing. It goes, it just happens silently as well. It's just oh, everyone's gone. You you log in one day, everyone's gone. That's it. Half of your population that you had. Yep, they're gone already. It's it's absolutely insane. Absolutely insane and it needs to be looked at these um these servers. In my opinion. Yeah, it looks like we're not going to be able to uh, get any retail uh, content out on this. <laughs> Didn't realise it was uh, going to take that long. But thank you all very much for listening. I'm trying to push the podcast a lot more recently. I'm really appreciative of all of you guys that listen. But if you have any friends that you might think might like the podcast, might enjoy, you know, everything that I talk about, whether it be classic, retail, whatever it is, I will, I'm pretty sure I've covered everything to do with world of warcraft but still going still finding stuff if you have a mate that thinks or is looking for a podcast to listen to and you feel might enjoy the content do share it with them please let them know and yeah again just really appreciative of you guys listening and tuning in week in week out so thank you all very much for listening as always and go with valor friend goodbye all